Hello. Good morning, Diefenbaker. Good morning, Diefenbaker. How are you doing? Jen. Yeah. With you. <laughs> I'm fine. Oh yeah. I sense a hint of an English accent here. <laughs> yeah. Um, people say there's a hint. It depends. Some some Canadians think I sound incredibly British and others think I don't sound British at all. No, no English person ever thinks I sound remotely British. So now, when does one acquire the accent, I guess, because you're just surrounded by that. Right? Yeah, well, I am and I'm not, right? Okay. Because British academia, sort of, my workplace has been very international and always mm -hmm. has. And my partner is Canadian. Um, my kids have very British accents, though. So I think I've, I've learned some things from them. <laughs> How did they get that? Right? Did they get it right away? Or did they? Oh, yeah, yeah, from birth. I mean, I remember my daughter at two and a half, um, we just come out of her childminder, I just picked her up. Um, and she said to me, I said something about, do you want a glass of water? And she looked at me and she said, it's not water, mommy, it's water. No. <laughs> yes. Two and a half. I mean, I thought I had longer before she started correcting me and things, but no. God. She just genuinely didn't recognize it was even the same word, basically. <laughs> you just sound smart. Just with that accent. There's certain oh, accents yeah, that yeah. Just sound smart <laughs> and all that. So get us up to date with what's been going on with you for the past 25 years. Oh, only 25 years. Right. No pressure. Um, <laughs> right. So out of DEEF, I moved to Peterborough, Ontario, of all places, to study um, at Trent to do my undergraduate degree there. Um, what's a Trent? What is that? What's Trent? It's a little undergraduate university. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> This is all going over my head. You could totally tell I didn't graduate university. I only graduated college, so I had no clue. No, so. you know, university is overrated. I think for <laughs> a lot of careers as well. So I'm not. I'm not somebody who's pressing university at all costs by any means. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did that. I did. Then I, I veered off and studied contemporary dance in Montreal for a year and then decided that wasn't going to work and went back and finished my bachelor's in sociology um, and worked in Toronto for a year while I applied to graduate school because I kind of knew I wanted to do that next. What did you think about Toronto? I, I know we had this discussion. Like, Yeah. Um... Yeah. No, I loved Toronto when I lived there. It was great. Um, I had two flatmates. They were, it was just a really enjoyable experience. Mm. See, flatmates, uh, another term. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here. Yeah. That's British as well. Isn't it? <laughs> Roommates. <laughs> and then when did you uh, leave Canada? Like what led you to the other side of the world? So I applied for various graduate programs and I discovered there was one in the UK that I really wanted to go to that, you know, there were a couple of people in this department who I really, really wanted to work with. Um, so I applied and kind of late summer 2000 i discovered i had a scholarship a partial scholarship so i picked up and and went in september um so in september this year it will be 20 years that i've been here holy moly just 20 years just 20 years yeah yeah <laughs> when was the last time you came to canada then was it 20 years ago or have you no, been no since? no my parents are still there oh, so okay. i was in vancouver last summer we were there for three and a half weeks yeah um, and before that, last time I was in Calgary was Christmas 2017. Whereabouts are you working? Are you working at Hogwarts or like where are you working at? <laughs> just about. Just about. Uh, no, I'm working at Newcastle University. So oh, I'm up in the Northeast. Um, I spent 10 years prior to this. I just got this job in January. So like right before COVID, everything was really calm for a couple of months. It was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Because I've been living in Newcastle for four years prior yeah. to that. And you say um, Newcastle's 450 kilometers uh, yeah, away from London? It's, okay. 
huge distance. So it's about three hours on the train each way. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't going in every week, but about 30, 35 weeks a year um, and staying over for a night or two, basically. Um, you know, I mean, my kids are little, so they hated it. I hated it. I hated being away from them. It was hard on my husband. Wow. Just it was, it was a bad situation. But academic jobs are not very easy to come by. There really aren't very many of them. And unfortunately, I'm married to another academic, which means that uh, trying to get two jobs in the same place is like being asking to be struck by lightning, basically. <laughs> um, it doesn't happen very often. So it's finally happened. Um, and things are calming down and we're both in the same place. And well, yeah, then you know how the rest of the year's gone. But yeah. What's trivia night like with between you two, I guess, because you guys are both smart and academic. Yeah, I don't know that we're necessarily all that good at trivia. Um, <laughs> okay. Some stuff. Yeah. History and things. I mean, he grew up in Poland originally, so he knows a lot about a lot more about sort of European history and things. He can correct me, my Canadian misunderstandings and things. But yeah. Jess, so where you're at, are you accessible to all these other countries? Because I always dream about Europe being I can go on a weekend trip to five different countries and then come back and then. Yeah, yeah. Well, like physically accessible, yes. Um, so there's a ferry from Newcastle to Amsterdam that goes overnight and takes about eight hours. Wow. Um, or flights to Amsterdam regularly, um, or you go via London or Edinburgh or various places, and you can get to most places. Newcastle Airport flies to key destinations, like key popular places like Barcelona or a couple of places in Poland or Prague, places like that. Are people traveling at all during this time or no? Just... Some are. Um, I think the, the Southern European countries that really rely on summer tourism are, are struggling a bit right now. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and like our government was encouraging people to go or at least, yeah, sort of sort of encouraging people to go. And then they um, suddenly put in a quarantine for anybody coming back from Spain. Mm-hmm. So that's meant that basically people can't can't go to Spain. Belgium is just been added to the quarantine list and France may or may not be because cases are rising. So it's, it's very uneven. And we sort of decided that it probably wasn't safe to, to go anywhere so just in terms of in, all that. In 25 years, how many countries have you been to then since you've been oh, there for 20 years? Yeah. Um, a lot, <laughs> mostly like for either to visit friends or for conference travel for work. So I don't necessarily get to see a lot. Um, Greece is the place that I've been the most and the place that I've seen sort of the most of um, because I really like it there. Um, My husband and I got married in Crete, um, the southernmost Greek island three years ago. So so that's a place that we've been back to a lot and it's kind of special. Um, Where else? I've been to Spain a couple of times. I've been to Italy once, Denmark, Norway. You're like Carmen Sandiego. You're going around the world here. (laughs) <laughs> only europe though like I, I i get to europe i get to canada i don't get anywhere else oh, okay <laughs> i would i would love to go to japan and various places but um north africa you know but i just i don't have the time or the money at this point and well, now know, with two kids it's are harder. flights cheap like in normal times are flights affordable i'm guessing it is or you can travel by train or ferry you said right you could yeah mm-hmm. but actually flights have become so cheap um a bunch of budget airlines opened up about 20, 25 years ago. Mm. Um, so EasyJet and Ryanair and all these airlines, and they go really cheap. I mean, like Ryanair, is, it's super budget. 
Um, but they used to do flights for, you know, a pound plus taxes kind of thing. Um, even now, I think a lot of them, you know, EasyJet keeps sending me these emails like, come and fly with us. It's safe. It's no problem. Um, fares from 20 pounds each way. And then like you'll pay to add a suitcase and you'll pay for, I don't know, various other things, but um, oh, seat selection and food and various things like that. But um, it's really cheap if you just want to get on a plane and go. Did you think that you were going to be living where you are when you were at Diefenbaker? Or, I'm oh, guessing you didn't. No, it, right? never, it never even entered my mind yeah. that I would possibly be on the side of the Atlantic. Um, I had a friend at university in my first year of university who was an exchange student from the UK. And my first trip here was when I graduated. My parents bought me a ticket to come and see her. And she took me around, she and her mom took me around for about three and a half weeks. And I just thought this was a fascinating place. And then I discovered there were people working here who I wanted to work with. So I just thought, well, I'll try it and see. Um, I had no idea I'd be here 20 years later, though, or raising little British children. <laughs> British children, too. So you got the dual citizenship then. Or do they? Do they? They must. Yeah, yeah uh, they, they, my daughter actually has three citizenships. My son, <laughs> I yeah, my son only has one at the moment, but we need to get that sorted out. It's on my to-do list. It's just been a long kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Just one. <laughs> just, just one. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. What, what did you want to be when you were growing up during Diefenbaker? Like, what was your uh, focus then? Like, what were you? Uh, well, I had this idea that I was going into engineering at one point. Like, I applied to U of C's engineering program to actually to a dual major in engineering and philosophy, which would have been really, really strange. Wow. Um, Interesting. And then I kind of went off the rails at the last minute and decided to go to Trent and study sociology. Like it was just when I was filling out this scholarship application form and they asked where I was going. I remember I, I put Trent and I hadn't decided until that point that I was going there. So you have multiple degrees in or you just have one? Or what do you No, have? I have a BA and then I came over here to do a PhD. Oh my God. So you're a doctor. Are you? I'm a doctor. Yeah, yeah, I am. Oh my God, that's great. That's so awesome. <laughs> Like it's, how often do you throw that in there? Oh, you know, when I'm talking to utility companies and they're giving me trouble, only only on rare occasions. But oh yeah, most people Jen. But I'd you know. be flaunting that thing like crazy if I had a doctorate in something. Jeez. Oh, I think when I was younger, like in my 20s, people didn't take me seriously. Hmm. So then I was much more likely to use doctor and dress very formally and things like. That. Yeah. But now it's more me more seriously they trust that i really am an academic you want more then or no are you are you satisfied with because it seems like you know you can learn more and more and more it seems like you're the type that would just oh yeah yeah no i don't need a second phd definitely okay. um <laughs> doctor, i know doctor. people who do that i know somebody who has two uh i think that's a little bit excess surplus to requirements right yeah. um yeah no i mean the thing about my job i'm really really lucky that I get the chance to do a lot of research. And so I can, I can more or less go and study whatever I want. Um, so as long as it's sort of, you know, broadly within the social sciences and my, my field of research, um, yeah, I can, I can sort of do what I want. So that's I, great. I wonder what the average grade is with the, the next people that we're going to talk to. Like we're going to have Vanessa on here. She was smart and just like everybody else. <laughs> like what would be the average? Yeah. Or like what was your average in high school? At in high school, I I mean, mine wasn't anywhere near theirs. Like, they were well into the 90s. Um, I got a 90 in social studies component, I think. But um, it was sort of mid-80s. Mid I don't know. I, I took all the um, hard sciences, like Math 31 and Chemistry both brought me down. 
They were both 70-something. You know that you were in the smart part of the class when you had chem, physics, biology, and the math 31s. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, it was, well, it was because I was applying to engineering programs. I had to have all those. Um, but I really didn't like chemistry. It just d really didn't sit with my brain very well. And is there anything from Diefenbaker that you still apply to your studies right now or to your job? You know, right now or no? The funny thing is, um, when I was hired for this job at Newcastle, they say they said, we need somebody who can teach quantitative methods, which is like um, basic statistics, very, very basic intro stats. And I, I got here. I sort of said, yeah, I can do it. You know, I've done it in the past. I've not used it a lot. It's not kind of what I do, but if that was going to be the requirement for this job, there was, you know, I was not going to let that stop me. So um, I convinced them that I could do it. And I got here and I got stuck into this course and uh, all this stuff from DEEF came flooding back. It was like, I was in math 30 in Mr. Weingessner's class all over again, <laughs> um, doing this stuff, looking at this line going, oh yeah, I remember when we talked about that. <laughs> See, high school does count. It does count. Yeah, it is actually useful stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. Because you wouldn't be where you were without your math skills, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely didn't get it in my, my degrees in the same yeah. same way. So, yeah. Uh, what song takes you back? So we got to add to the Spotify list here. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I want something by the Bare Naked Ladies. Nice. Good job. <laughs> well, is there a specific song from the Bare Naked Ladies? Uh, something like this is me in grade nine or Enid or something like that. <laughs> I feel like they're haunting me. Every time I'm back in Canada, I'll be in a shop or something, and the radio starts playing the Bare Naked Ladies, like one of those songs. And it's just the weirdest thing. I just feel like they're following me around. <laughs> what kind of, what's the radio hasn't moved on at all in 25 years. What's well, you, you get some good radio out there with the BBC and all that. It's like, what, what's the, what's the uh, most popular music, I guess? Is it American music that's popular in, in Europe? Or? Uh, we get a mix. Yeah. Um, I looked at, uh, we've, been, we've had the top 40 station on the BBC Radio 1 on since lockdown started. Um, and so I'm suddenly familiar with all these top 40 hits and I was looking at the list and realizing that like a couple of them are, are Canadian actually like Drake and yeah. things. Um, so there's, there's a mix. A lot of it is British though. Yeah. The Brits kind of like to listen to themselves. They have a pretty good music culture. It seems like music in Europe, they, it breaks first there and then it crosses over to North America. eventually. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's pretty much the same. Let's, uh, add Vanessa to this call. When was the last okay. time you talked to her? Oh, uh, yeah, I talked to her last week, actually. Oh, last week, okay. Yeah. What would be a long-distance bill, then, if you actually picked up the phone and called? Uh, well, it depends on how I call. Like, if I call on my landline, it's not so bad. Um, I don't know what the current rate is, but 
uh, one time I was in London and somebody we know, knew had uh, died and I got on the phone with my mom oh, wow. and I was on my mobile phone and it turned out it was a pound a minute. A pound a minute. So what would be a pound for the Canadian dollar? Is it still one and a half? It's 175. 175 now. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you come visit Canada, you must feel really rich because you have all this money to exchange, right? Well, you no, know, the thing is that Canadian prices have gone up. You know, like inflation has happened in the last 20 years. And I still think of Canadian prices as being what they were 20 years ago. So I'm always surprised. And the other thing is that you have sales taxes added at the till, whereas ours is all included. Oh, is that why things seem expensive when people visit from North America to Europe? And they're like, yeah, the yeah, yeah, because we had 20% sales tax, oh, okay. um, but we don't ever see it. So I don't, you know, think that I'm paying it. I don't think about it. So we should stop complaining about the 5% or whatever. Uh, you know, <laughs> 20%. Do you get to keep up to date with what's happening in Canada a lot? Or is it all just through social media stuff? Oh, bits and pieces. You know, bits I mean, my parents obviously update yeah. me periodically. I do have CBC News kind of at the top of my Facebook feed. Oh, wow. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not really involved in Canadian events yeah, or anything exactly. like that. I'm not really on top. Isn't it crazy though, how connected you can be now with technology? Because 20 years ago when you moved there, it, it was oh, like yeah. a long distance call and a expensive long distance call, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's amazing. I talked to my dad twice a week on Skype Yeah, and and for an hour at a time. And that's free. just kind of routine. Yeah. Are you working from home then, or are you actually going? Oh, yeah, into, oh, yeah. Going? No, we've been working from home since mid-March. And you're going to continue that? It's, uh, this is a really difficult thing. The universities are all trying to promise people that they will be. They're trying to promise students that they will get some face-to-face -face instruction. Um, but you know, a lot of us there are various reasons that we can't teach face-to-face, -face or we're in higher risk groups and things. And oh, yeah, geez. what a world we live in. It's just, yeah. the thing is, we're all in this together, but really, we are, because the whole yeah. world is dealing with this. It seems like it, we're dealing with World War Three at this point, where everybody's oh, dealing I know, with this. Oh, I know. Thing. It's had the same kind of impact on the economy, definitely. It's like, it's a major, major thing. Yeah, it's it's just like, it, whatever we're dealing with, you're dealing with on the other side of the world and vice versa. Yeah, completely. Just, which is rare. It's rare that everybody's dealing with the same thing at the same time. It is. Well, BBC Radio 1 last week was doing this amazing um, thing where called Up Yours Corona, where they went around and tried <laughs> to get somebody from every single country in the world to say their local version of Up Yours Corona. <laughs> what would our version be? Canadian know. version was Take Off, eh? Oh, Take Off, eh? Okay. And what would it be the British version? Uh, that was Up Yours. Well, up, yours. Uh, well, up Yours was British. Okay. Apparently, yeah, yeah. I didn't know, but yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get Vanessa here. Okay. Now, where is she situated in? She's in Powell River, BC. Oh, Powell River. Oh, my goodness. Your so call weird. cannot be completed as dialed. Okay, see, I don't know how to dial numbers here. Hold on. Uh, uh -oh. Because I see a 780 number, and I assume Northern Alberta right away. Yeah, yeah she's still got her, her St. Albert number. Okay. See, that's the thing. It's like a guessing game when it comes to... Yeah, I know. Telephone. Hello. Vanessa. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? We got Jen on the line, too. Look at us. Hey. We're just talking oh. about um, uh, averages in high school, and uh, Jen said oh, that she was, like, in the mid-80s. Jen? Yeah. yeah. Vanessa, what was your average in high school? <laughs> I want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it? Um, 95. 95. 
from grade 10 on or no? Probably, yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. 100% in band helped a lot, but I think I was still, you know, I was high 90s. In How do you get 100% in band? Uh, Mr. Olson. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he was, no, your, he was your favorite teacher? Uh, did I have a favorite teacher? Yeah, did you have a favorite teacher? Oh, that's a good question. Did I have a favorite teacher? Or did just did, or were you smarter than the teachers? Uh, I was pretty smart. <laughs> you were pretty smart. <laughs> like, was it easy for you? Was Diva Bigger too easy for you, or what? What class would have thrown you off? Uh, probably Math Thirty One. Math Thirty One. We're just talking to that. Jen, was it really hard? Was Math Thirty One pretty hard for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Calculus didn't make any sense to me. I really had to study. I was failing it for a little bit. Our minds weren't growing up at that point <laughs> to understand yeah, calculus yeah. at the time. I mean, but I got to tell you, though, so I came out of um, English 30 with a 95. And my first high uh, university English class, my first paper, got a C+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not, no word of a lie. It was such a wake-up call. It's like, okay, they didn't actually teach us how to write. They <laughs> didn't. Like the sentence structure and all that stuff, just they didn't teach us any of that. I didn't know, right. I didn't even know how to write a thesis or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah no, I just yeah, I I did well. Let's just say I did well. So where did you go after that? Well, after you graduated, Diefenbaker with ninety five, <laughs> like where did you go after that? <laughs> I went to the U. Okay. Right. I I didn't I didn't you know I I wasn't ready to move away from home and you know the 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 program that I wanted to do was at the U of C. Mm-hmm. So, so I just went there, but I did the co-op program, which was work experience. So oh, it took good. me five years to do my degree. Oh, okay. And uh, the, was, did you recommend that? They still do that, right? The work experience co-op program? I think they do. Yeah. I mean, certainly if you're an engineer, you're going to do that. And, and I think some others you do, but, but it was an option for me and I decided to take it. And I, I think that was a really, it was really good. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of experience just, uh, just, you know, kind of in my field and, it didn't help me with my first job, but it certainly helped me with my subsequent job. Are you still in the field that you studied for at UFC then? Or? Yes. Yeah, okay. Ish. Ish? What would, would Ish. that field be? Um, I did communication studies. Okay. So my career progression, I started off managing a website for, of all things, a car dealership. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which was, anyway, moved on to a, a technical writer for an uh, oil field um equipment service company then moved into sport nonprofit. i ran the alberta fencing association for four years and then kind of cycled back and joined the uh, alberta union of provincial employees first as their webmaster and then social media until july 2019 i was there for just under 10 years nine nine years 11 months 11 and a half months Oh, okay, so you're in something brand new now, right? Yeah, I, um, I, I'm now living in BC. A lot uh-huh. of the grads are in BC right now, and how, how are you liking Powell River? I'm really liking Powell River. It's you know, I, my my partner, <laughs> I moved here in May last year, and uh, and at the time I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. And uh, he keeps laughing at me because now I am way too busy. I have about eight jobs. Eight jobs? <laughs> eight jobs. What? That's crazy. Yeah, no. Well, that's what happens when you when you start working for yourself, right? Oh, yeah. okay. You know, so I've started a, a communication services company, and I've got three contracts with that. So that's three of the jobs. 
I'm also managing my partner's office, so that's four. And the other four, who should the other four, are related to fiber arts because uh, in 2017, I graduated old college with a master spinner certificate. So How, what was that like going to school at, the, at that time? Well, three years ago, the, the certificate. I mean, you, you go to um, old uh, old college for a week, yeah. um, five days of intense, just you know, fill your brain with all of the stuff, and then you go away for the rest of the the, the year, the fifty one weeks, and you work on your workbook. But I was working full time too. So, and then I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, and I had all these health things going on. Oh and, no! Yeah, are you, are you okay oh. now? Are you still? I'm I'm better. I mean, yeah. you don't get over fibromyalgia. No. But my symptoms are a lot better here on the coast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like being at sea level has been amazing. Yeah. That's so, amazing. so yeah, was it? It was. It was six years, like a six-year certificate. So it, it took a long time and um, a lot of work, especially working full time and dealing with with uh, all the other stuff. But I was going to ask this the, uh, question to Jen too. I was, um, is it easier to learn stuff now that we're older, or is it still the same, or what is it? Because we have more resources like the internet to really guide us through. But what, yeah. what do you think? I mean, I think it's easier. Um, maybe it's just because I've had years of experience now of learning things that, like, I can do things now and that I couldn't do in high school. I think. What do you think? Um, I I certainly think that um, from a from a brain maturity standpoint, <laughs> um, I think that definitely. Um, I think it's easier to understand understand things. Um, I mean, going to cycle back again. Part of the reason I'm out here is that um, they used to call them mental breakdowns, but now they call them stress injuries. Mm. Well, I had one of those um, in uh, in uh, January 2019, and so there's a, all these things, these new things that I have to learn about how my brain works and all this neuroplasticity stuff. And just because I know that I have to do these things doesn't make it easy for me to reprogram my brain to do it. Wow. Right? Because we're because after 40 years or so, you know, we're, we're kind of stuck in these ruts, you know? Like, it's just habits. Yeah. Right? And being aware of those things and being aware of the things that you need to learn, need to learn how to do doesn't necessarily make it any easier. But, I mean, now, I mean, I'm... I'm what like uh, 18 months now past the the stress injury and i can tell within a day if i'm headed back down that road and i can i can you know think about it and take the steps that i need to take to make sure that i don't have a complete breakdown again what would you advise people to avoid that stress injury or that unavoidable or like what Um, what kind of steps would you suggest you know looking back i there were signs that it was coming for a good two or three years. Oh, geez. I just ignored, I just ignored them. Right. Because, you know, like we, we end up in this, in this situation, you know, and I, I certainly was where, you know, I had a mortgage to pay and, and, you know, people that were counting on me and, and the, the, yeah, it was just, it all just sort of piled on top of each other. Now, if I'd paid attention to that, if I if I'd paid attention to you know the way I became more sensitive to foods or how tired I was uh, at the end of every single day and all of this stuff, I maybe could have taken steps to avoid it. 
Mm. But it really is about checking in with yourself, yeah. right? And going like, yeah, in the, in, the, in the early episodes, you're asking, what advice would you give to your 2015 self? I would have been prioritized mental health. Yeah, <laughs> mental health was not even a thing back then, was it? Like, no, no. Yeah, it's just yeah, most recently. I mean, we just didn't talk about it at that point. It wasn't an issue. I mean, I suffered depression in my teenage years. Um, I had a lot of stuff go on and, and then moved to Calgary suddenly. And my mom remarried and my grandmother died and various things like this. Hmm. Um, but it wasn't something that was kind of okay to talk about in high school, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, I, yeah. I bet you now, kids are talking about it more so than ever before. I think more so, yeah. You know, I think so. One one of my contracts here is is with the school district, and, and mental health for the students is, is a huge focus for them. So I think it really is um, something that people are talking about now. It's us. It's, it's our generation that has to get used to talking about it because we never did. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and, and you know, and that's part of the reason why you know like I, I had this this massive stress injury and and uh, when I moved out here I I restarted my podcast and and I'm now I'm behind again because I don't just don't have time with eight jobs um but one of the things that I said to myself was I wasn't going to hide away from the fact that I had this happen to me because not enough people are talking about it and you know I've, I've I put out a I put out an episode just after Christmas where I was talking about being randomly sad because I was, right? And I had so many people just message me either email or through Facebook or, or whatever and says, I am so glad. You, I thought I was the only one. Mm-hmm. I thought some, I was the only one that was randomly sad every once in a while. What's your podcast? Let's uh, give it some Oh, <laughs> it's called By the Fiber Side. Okay. Um, it's about knitting and spinning and fiber arts and, and that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. But I'm I'm like two months behind. Oh, oh that's fine. So, all right. Both your resumes, it's just it's crazy. Like how many jobs and how many things and skills that you've acquired since Diva Baker, which is um, it's, it's incredible. I was going to ask this, Jen. Like, how do you deal with stress? Ugh, badly. Um, no, I. So a lot of what Vanessa said is very familiar to me. Um, in 2006, I was off work for a period of about six months. Mm-hmm with something that was unidentifiable at the time, kind of fobbed off as some sort of chronic fatigue. Um, In 2009, I was diagnosed with relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis, which is what the whole thing had been since the beginning. But anyway, um, yeah, and it is so stress sensitive. So anytime there's a period of stress, including unfortunately earlier this summer, um, I have flare-ups, I have relapses, and suddenly, you know, I may not be able to walk or I need a stick to help me walk, um, where other times I'm fine and I look fine. Um, yeah, so so things kind of come and go for me in, in terms of that. I am getting, like Vanessa, I've learned through experience, I'm getting much, much better at spotting the signs. Um, I think I had a relapse a couple of years ago that was really big and really scary, really bad. Um, also affected kind of my cognitive skills and my thinking, which as an academic was really terrifying Um, because suddenly I couldn't make sense of an argument. I couldn't read something on a screen. It really took a lot of learning to kind of get back into that and be able to do that and, and, you know, little short bursts of it and building up and all that. Um, So, yeah, it's, I'm much better now at seeing it coming because I've seen that and also I've seen the impact that it has now that I have kids and how worrying that is for them. 
And so I just don't let myself get to that point. I just check in much, much earlier and say, oh, wait, this is happening. Okay, I need to stop everything and just take a break. So the older, older we get, it seems these are wake-up signs, I guess, these red flags that are coming into our lives that we really can't bury them and just keep ignoring them. And No, well, no you can't. Yeah. Because it'll exactly. just it'll flare up bigger and bigger and bigger if you just keep burying it. And if you don't talk about it to someone or you don't deal with it, then... Um... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, every disease is stress-related, basically. Almost every disease gets worse with stress. So oh. it can do anything it likes, basically. Do you think during this time that we're dealing with, as things slowed down considerably, we've added more stress. <laughs> it's more stress. Mm-hmm. Is it like a catch-22 where it's like, okay, we slow down, everybody, everything stopped. Do you want to go? Do you want to go first on that, Jen? Yeah. Well, okay. I have a four and a seven-year-old at home, so nothing stopped for me. Oh, I've just yeah, been course. trying to do a full-time job on top of taking care of two kids and getting them sort of entertained and sort of schooled and all that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a really stressful time. Wow, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Um, less, partially less so for me. I mean, my we my partner um, does um, laser therapy and uh, offers massage here so he's helping people with chronic pain and and injuries and stuff like that and just as covid hit we were getting he was getting super busy i was managing his office and like we were we were running the line and we felt it and so covid hit we shut the office down and literally for the first few weeks i think we sat around the house and looked at each other because we were so tired so um, we have opened back up at the beginning of June, and it's been nonstop ever since. And, the, you know, it's, it, it isn't even that the client's coming back. It's new clients. And, and so, you know, the, we're at the office by, like, 9, 9.15, and we're not leaving before 6 or 7 at night and, and all of this. So on the one hand, COVID was a really nice break for us. It, it really, you know, allowed us to sort of go, okay, you know, here, here, we need to prioritize a few things. We were able to get a whole bunch of stuff done around the house. We, we broke into gardening. It was kind of cool. You know, we ate our first broccoli out of our garden the other day. It was, and it was fresh and it tasted so good, better than stores. So amazing. But on the other hand, there was a big financial stress because we're both self-employed. Yeah. Right. Is that why you're taking on seven different jobs, Vanessa? Or is it just one of those things where it's like, I need to keep my mind stimulated by. Yeah. And and it's, it's a financial thing too, right? Like, you know, Randy's doing well enough now that we could probably support ourselves, but you know, we also have some debt that we have to pay off. So, so these, these uh, contracts that I've got, they should probably wrap up by December, most of them. And, uh, and then I can maybe, you know, I'll find some others or, or we'll figure something out, you know, it's, I'm a, I'm a big planner. So this is really terrifying for me, this whole being self-employed kind of thing and contracts and stuff. (laughs) Good for you. You're tackling it though. Well, you know, part, part of the stress injury, um, I, I saw kind of a life coachy type person and, and one of the things that she, one of the exercises she put me through is what's most important to me. And honestly, security was way down on the list, a lot further than I thought it would be. What was number one? But, you know, being, being, you know, mentally stimulated and, and caring for people and, and all of these, okay, those were the things at the top, hmm. connection with other people. Yeah. You know, that, that was fascinating to me that, that what I thought was important to me actually wasn't. If I was, if, if I went through an exercise of you know, taking two terms and being told which asked which one is more important to me, security was way down on the list. Yeah. So even though I kind of freak out about it every once in a while, it's like you know what? 
I didn't know what I was going to do when I got here, but the universe provided. So I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to let it go. The universe will continue to provide. And you know what, we'll just take it a day at a time. I guess what this is why I did this podcast uh, project for the summer mm-hmm. is just to connect with people. And um, just what you said, too, which is it's just it's good just to look back. And did you, would you, would both of you, Jen and Vanessa, would you do even bigger different knowing what you know now? Or would you just keep doing what you did? Oh, I'd have relaxed more, yeah. you know, I would have mm-hmm. had more fun, I think. You know, sometimes we actually used our lunch breaks to do homework, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of a waste in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> so that you could just get it done? Or do you just want yeah, to? Yeah, so, I think so. Vanessa, would you? Know, you... I, you know what, I probably would have done it mostly the same. The only thing I wouldn't have I would have done differently was I wouldn't have stressed so darn much about jazz band. <laughs> I really wanted to be in jazz band, but I played the flute. <laughs> and so it just wasn't going to happen. So, I mean, seriously, what was my big, what was my problem? <laughs> what was my problem? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, God. Uh, Jen, did you uh, stress out about extracurricular stuff like that? Or were you in any club? Oh, or I did a bunch of stuff, like student council. We were both student involved in council. student council. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was like a silent auction at one point. I got involved in the committee for that. And Various other things I can't really remember. I just remember there were like a lot of them going on. And yeah, probably more than I needed because I think it was quite stressful. And by the end of grade 12, like I had all of my heavy academic courses in one term. So I was taking chem and physics and math 31 and hums and stuff. And it was just too much. And I remember I had I had like one test every single day for the last two weeks. And I just kind of broke down at a certain point. Um, I couldn't take it. Um, my mom had to call me in sick. No wonder you're doing homework in your lunch break. Yeah, really. At <laughs> that, that point. With student council, do you remember the budget that we had with student council? I remember student council. And what were we, we working with? Did we have a budget or were we planning stuff? What, what was happening in student council? You should ask Jim because wasn't he treasurer? He should oh, know that. Oh, this is a good, oh, maybe a good segue. That's good stuff. But, um, okay. <laughs> hey, Vanessa, what song are you going to yeah. add to this uh, Spotify playlist? Okay. I thought about this long and hard, and, and at first I was like, okay, well, it's going to be, have to be something Disney, because I was in band for three years, and all the made us play with Disney stuff. And I'm like, no, no, I can't do that. I can't. And then I, you know, I saw it, and I saw it, and, and, and uh, so long, long time ago, you know, back when CD players started being in cars and no oh, cassette beautiful. players, like I had mixtapes. So I had to throw away all my mixtapes. But before I did, I typed all of the songs into a Word document. And I'm like, there's a song. There's a song on one of those mixtapes. So the other day, I, I pulled, I found that document on my computer, and I pulled it up, and it was in, like, the last list. And so my song is um, The Right Type of Mood, or Right Type of Mood by Herbie. Mr. Magoo, you may be blind, but I can still see you. Anytime you see bad boy come true, right type of mood.
Very yeah. cool. I know. And honestly, yes, right type of mood by Herbie. And and honestly, you know, there may not be many people out there who actually remember that song at all. <laughs> right from the right I in our grad year, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, well, yeah. I mentioned it to a few people, and they're like, I've never heard that song before. That yeah, is, I hadn't heard of it. That is fantastic. Oh. So, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know why what it is about that song. You know, and, and I, when I found the, the, the name of it, I pulled it up on YouTube, and, wouldn't, you know, I started dancing in my chair. Ah. Like, it's just, there was just something physical that, that that song brought out in me, like the dancing part. It was so cool. And are you still wanting to be a jazz musician or no? Or are you no, still? No, no, no. You know no. what the saddest part about my fibromyalgia is? Hmm. I've become sound sensitive. Oh, no. So I actually don't listen to much music anymore. Except for and, Herbie. Right except music. for Herbie. Well, I can listen to individual songs and stuff like that, but I don't spend a lot of time listening to music. I mean, it's been several years since I had the radio on in the car. Oh, no. All that stuff. It's just, you know what? It's one of the saddest parts about my fibromyalgia. It's one of the oh. ones I wish I could fix. Oh, that breaks my heart because I'm in radio. I know. So good. No. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's a great song, though. Good choice. It's a great song. It's oh, a good song. Uh, let's talk to the treasurer. Do you want the treasurer on? Yeah, we'll get Jim. Do you on. want to connect with him? Now, where is Jim situated here? He's in Calgary. Is he in Calgary? He is. When was the last time? When was the last time you talked to him, Jen? Or... Uh, I saw him in. Um, I sh- you should get him on the line first, and then I'll tell you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Okay. All right. Give me two seconds here. No Add call. Oh, no, don't give me contact. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. <laughs> Call everybody. Oh. Uh, Vanessa, when was the last time you talked to Jim? I don't know. What happened? Did she disappear? Maybe. No, Vanessa? I think she's connecting. <laughs> <laughs> Am I supposed to, like, start playing an instrument here? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you when I last saw Jim. Um, I was in the Telescience Centre on New Year's Eve, um, 2017-18, um, and this guy came over, and he just, he was suddenly in my face. He's like, show me my godson, uh, because he's actually the godfather of my, my son. Oh, that's awesome. uh, and I did this double take. I was like, what? Who? What? <laughs> and it was Jim. So and it the was godfather really is right there, Jim. Jim's on the line. Yep, I'm here. How are you? I'm I'm okay, Rick. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. We were just talking about how you were the treasurer of student council. Is that correct? I was. <laughs> what did the treasurer do as, that, that as was student a, council? That was a weird. That was a weird year. <laughs> Why was it a weird year? Um, I, I I spent a lot of time talking with the uh, the business manager, um, and I didn't even know that that was a a, a position that you know a school had. Um, and his name was Basil Samuels. Oh, I don't remember this. He was this short little black man, and uh, you know he wasn't a teacher. You never saw him. Um, nobody ever really knew he existed until like student council needed money, <laughs> and I had to go well, and talk to him. Money? Say, um, how much money did we have, Jim? Yeah, how much money did we have there, Jim? I have no idea, actually. <laughs> or did he have it all? Um, I think he had it all, and you know he was one of those guys who said, "Yeah, I show up every day for work." And like even even holidays or like even like professional days and teachers aren't here. He says, "Yeah, I'm not a teacher." <laughs> you no, know, I show up and I 
I'm like, what, track of money? Yeah. Right. That is incredible. And Jam, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, averages in high school. What was your average? Oh, um, you were up there. I think it, I, it was. I was. Uh, I think it worked out to eighty-eight or ninety. Jeez, there you go. But can I tell you how embarrassing it was to go to awards ceremonies with these two? Because they would just clean up. I know. And, you, you know, got so clean up all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, but it. I mean, the the thing you learn 25 years out is that, you know, your 88% doesn't count for crap. Necessarily. <laughs> it really doesn't. You don't think yeah. so? Well, it got you in to university. Well, yeah. And then, you know, the, the most important thing or the most amazing thing I learned afterwards is life happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you're at. Life is always going to happen. And it doesn't care if you have a, a, an 88 a 90, a 100, or I guess during Mr. Kazmaier's, you know, um, chemistry class, you could have 101. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute, 101? Yeah, there, there were some bonus marks, um, and and then I, I lost marks because I misspelled sulfur on a on a test. <laughs> no. um, and I will I will always contend that sulfur is spelled with a ph, not an f. <laughs> Um, but exactly. Um, I mean, color yeah. is spelled with a U, oh, uh, isn't it? It's Canadian. Um, sulfur, in, if you're British or American, is spelled with a, um, a P-H-U-R. And if you're American or subscribe to that school of thought like Mr. Kazmaier did, <laughs> German boy, I guess, um, it's a, an F-U-R. Um, and that's not really a misspelling, then. It's just a difference of opinion. Yeah. It's true enough, but I lost points just the same, and I'm still a little better. Absolutely, I would be too. That's not right. Oh. Well, I tried to contend that, but, uh, you know, I still lost the mark. Yeah. Maybe we could connect Whatever. with him and then try to get that mark back. Yeah, yeah. Phone him Good up idea. <laughs> so, Jim, I asked this question. Would you do Deviant Baker differently then, knowing what you know now? Um, You know, I think I would. Um, How so? One thing I've, I've learned along the way is it's not wrong to make mistakes. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I was always so focused on getting it right um, and getting it right the first time and, um, you know, and not not making the mistakes, not being seen to make the mistakes. Yeah. And I've yeah. learned so much more from my errors and my failings, even, you know, day to day. Because I tell people at work. You know, you're not going to learn anything in this job um, by getting it right the first time or the thousandth time. You're just going to do, you're going to learn by getting it wrong and doing better tomorrow. Wow. Good. And what, and what do you do for work? I, I'm, I'm in trucking and logistics. Um, I'm a lead hand on a uh, an outbound trucking dock for Day and Ross Trucking. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, I mean, there have been a bunch of different changes along the way. And, you know, like I say, life happens. You know, no matter what you plan or no matter what you get right. Jim, what were you wanting to be when you were uh, at Deef and Baker? Like, what was your end goal? Uh, when I was in, when I was at Deef, um, I originally went into university with uh, the site for um, a BSc, uh, Bachelor of Science, probably in Chemistry or Physics. Yeah. And rapidly discovered that university physics is way harder. Oh my oh, goodness! Hell yeah. Is it ever harder? It is. That was nasty. that was my. 
That was my lowest mark through my entire university career. I got a C plus with oh. liberal tutoring. Oh, it is oh, yeah. hard. You just, you just wait until you pass. Uh, you pa- wait until you pass uh, calculus on the curve. Yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I think um, I passed calculus on the curve on uh, in a in a course where um, the instructor A hated calculus because he couldn't do it. He taught a question that he had dreamed up doing his doctoral um, preparation, and C had a coworker say, "If I gave this to my cruci- my students, they would crucify me." <laughs> it was. Uh, I mean, it was really interesting to listen to. But it was crap teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and then you know, along the way, like I say, life happens. You know, you you think you failed this this course, so you change majors really, really quickly. So you changed your major then? Or, oh yeah, yeah. Jen, do you remember that night we we had yeah. pizza and brought taster back? Yeah, yeah, we had that. Uh, we had the University of Calgary course catalog with us, and we just went through and listed every single major. It's like, could you do this? Could you do that? Okay, what about this? And we came back oh, yeah. down to a list of a couple, and yeah, yeah. And um, you know, to my own, I don't know, my own embarrassment to some degree. You know, I I haven't even finished that degree um, because, again, like I say, life happens. Would you, know, you want don't... to finish it, Jim? I do, um, but I don't have. T- I just I don't see that I have the time right now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Necessarily, um, do I want to finish it? Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's going to take you know two solid years of doing something somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many more options now too. You know, I could do um, you know online. I could do Athabasca, um, which is a program in in Alberta. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was. I think we worked it out. I was six courses away from uh, from graduating at the time. Well, at least you can still do it whenever you can, whether it be this year or next year or the year after. You still got... Exactly. Yeah. The options are open. Yeah. Yeah. Is open. Do you remember yeah. changing courses in UFC? Did we have to do it over the phone or something? Like you took the catalog and then you went through? Oh. Um, <laughs> it wasn't on the computer. I know that. No. <laughs> I don't remember actually. I I know that phoning in for course for course selection was a real pain. Yeah. Um, you get a busy signal or you had to call between the specific hours of you know, of nine and nine thirty based on, you know, your last the the first letter of your last name and, you know, your dog's social insurance number or something. Um, and it was just it was crazy. Um, I think the change of major was actually paperwork. Oh, it was. Um, but not very much. Yeah. Not very much at all, so. And a lot of uh, expensive textbooks, I take it, because um, that was the oh, main thing you wanted. I still had dreams about that. <laughs> yeah, that is such a racket in Canadian universities. In the, in the UK, we don't have set textbooks that students are expected to go buy. It's just not a thing. You don't? No, no. Is everything online now or no? Or uh, A lot of articles are online, but everything else is in the library, and people can go and make a photocopy in the library or take out the textbook. Because... Yeah, I know, I, yeah, I, know I, I, tried, I tried doing Athabasca in the past, and the textbooks are included. Oh, wow. In your course fee. Yeah. And it's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. It's like, I don't have to pay $100 you know, for this book, or 100. I don't have to pay... 
Okay, yeah, I did. Uh, I did humanities after uh, after the whole physics thing washed out. Um, so we were buying, you know, copies of of Greek works and Roman works. Nothing like the asphalt textbook that you know Brad Pfeiffer might have uh, Brad had to buy. It's crazy though because you would have to get the new edition, even if they just put one new page in it. But you still yeah, had to buy the new and that article. is how. Publishers make money and people make money on that, but it's it's really predatory. You know, it's really oh, just immoral. It's unbelievable. And then like, and then your your school bag. That's why uh, people had to buy mountain equipment co-op bags because to, yeah. to carry all these heavy taxes. Oh yeah, yeah. Not good for your back oh, or yeah. shoulders. No, no, no. I still remember my. I took um, Shakespeare. It was a full year English course, and uh, on on the one hand, I really liked my professor because he made us buy the individual plays we were going to study. So we didn't have to carry around the collected works of Shakespeare, right? Because that's a, that's a brick. On the other hand, I don't own a collected works of Shakespeare. So <laughs> six, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Oh, totally, for sure. Yeah. Jim, were you a part of band as well? Me? No. No, you weren't. What was your extracurricular activity that you did at DEEF? Studying. Studying? Um, like I said, I remember I was I was afraid to fail, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and thus I've made a career out of failing. <laughs> um, Why was that? What was instilled in you back then to tell you, no, I must continue? Was it family, or was it just the pressure of... Oh, totally family. Um, oh, my older okay. brother, my half-brother, um, so my dad's um, oldest son from his first marriage, um, left university, they were paying him. Hmm. Um, he was doing research. Um, he got down to Austin, Texas to do his master's and PhD and, uh, walked in. They said, what's your name? He said, Craig Newman. And they said, your fees have been paid. Jeez. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, and you know, now, you know, he's, you know, the only, the only guy in the family with a PhD, um, and he doesn't use it. Huh. Really? Really? Um, he met his wife. Um, they have co-degrees in cellular molecular microbial biology. Oh I, I don't even know what that is. And she, uh, the study of small living things. Oh, wow. <laughs> I remember him telling a story over dinner that he was, um, he was breeding fruit flies. His eyes would glow under black light. Okay. Uh, and, and so... But, like, you know, she teaches high school science, and he works for an American biomedical firm wow. selling the technology they use, you know, in hospitals. Jeez. So he's not, yeah, you're so, right, he's not using a degree. No. Yeah. But, you know, he's the smartest guy I know. He's got a photographic memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe it's the fact that I always looked up to him that, uh, you know, I felt afraid to fail. Do you still remember the stuff that you uh, that you studied at Stephen Baker? Like, do you remember? Like, do you have a photographic memory when it comes to that stuff? I've got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe I remember you know some of the times, some of the I remember you know actual swords and replaying Macbeth with Vanessa. Oh, that was so <laughs> much that all fun! <laughs> oh my god, I forgot that. about that until you mentioned it. Yeah. The, the best part was the fact that we had to get permission to get actual swords brought in. Yeah, I remember. Were these real swords? Um, they, they were repos. Were. No, okay. they were repos. Yeah, 
I mean, but they were metal. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't sharp. Yeah. I think we nicked them, smacking them against each other. But when you when you reenact the uh, the, the scene between um, Macbeth and Duncan, where where Duncan comes in and says, "Tower in hell, hanging town," um, and there's a clash of you know a clash of of metal. I remember choreographing it, going one, two, one, three, four, mm-hmm. and push. And um, and then I took up fencing in university. Yeah, and <laughs> and I took up medieval ancient and medieval history in university. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it had an impact. Uh, it must have. I, I guess it did. Yeah. I, I you know I and it's stuff that I never really correlate. Um, yeah. Until right right now. Mm-hmm. See the power of Shakespeare. Well, <laughs> Jen, Jen and I, Jen and I were talking um, last week uh, about how it's interesting that the people in high school, for us at least, the people in high school are still in our lives, whereas the people we met in university aren't. You yeah. know, like it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's not something that I would have thought when I left Calgary and in the first couple of years after. There's no way that I ever imagined that the people I was friends with in high school, I would still be friends with 25 years later. Mm -hmm. Can we maybe not mention that number? That's uh, uh, known each other longer than more than half of the time we've been alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I well, especially in the case of, of Jen and Vanessa, or Vanessa and I, or even Brad. And oh, me. Lord. Yeah. Jim and I have known each other since elementary school. Oh, um, grade two. Grade two. Yeah. I think I've got pictures of you and your sister in our house in Beddington for my, like, 10th oh. birthday party or something like that. Yeah. Sounds about right. And then Jen and I, then Jen and I met in junior high. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's a long. Yeah, that's day. when that's when Brad and I met. Was uh, <laughs> grade seven or grade eight? Well, mm-hmm. let's get Brad oh, on the right line. Yeah. Let's get off. Yeah, let's get Brad. Let's get Brad on the line. But first, yeah. uh, Jim, before you do that, um, what is your song that takes you right back to Diefenbaker that we're going to add to the Spotify uh, list? Here? You know, um, I went. Jen was nice enough to uh, forward me the Spotify list. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. <laughs> you know. No. I, an hour ago, he was like, song? What song? <laughs> what song? What? Yeah, there's songs involved. Um, but, you know, I think I think The Proclaimers, 500 Miles, um, definitely one that I remember. Um, Red Red Wine is right up there for some odd reason because we couldn't drink. <laughs> um, oh, wait, I was the only one who could drink when we graduated. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to actually, can I throw in something from 1997? That would be Great Big C and Ordinary Day. I've got a smile on my face and I've got four walls around me. I've got the sun in the sky all the Ordinary day, 
Brad, you guys can keep talking. Yeah, go ahead. You're you're good at this. Right. Okay, I'll do it. You guys keep talking. Okay. I hope this isn't. Yeah. Uh, no, I wonder if all of us were perfectionists. I'm not me. Yeah. <laughs> not not during know, high school, though. You're the funny guy. You're <laughs> the funny guy. Um, and you know, I I was always amazed at how well you fit in with any crowd you were in. Oh, yeah. Damn. Appreciate that. I guess I don't know. I, I guess I carried over to right now because just reaching out to everybody. Um, I, I don't know. I did. I felt like I just wanted everybody to connect somehow in some way. Yeah, right? I think I think it's an absolutely amazing project because yeah. you hear all these different courses that people's lives have taken, and it's just amazing. And it's just yeah. It's just it is amazing, and and I think this is like an appropriate time to do something like this too because of yeah. the conditions that we're dealing with. For the twenty three union, I felt like oh, I'm already in touch with everybody. I want to be for high school. And I don't actually feel like that now after listening to all these podcasts, I think, oh, these people are fascinating. I'd really like to get to know them better, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because with that 23 reunion, and it was like, oh, okay, we see them, but then we're off doing our lives again. Yeah. And yeah. So it's good to just reset and all that stuff every five years, I guess, too. So is Brad there? I am here. Brad, how are you doing? Hey, Brad. That's great. Look at this. Jeez, it's so good to yeah. hear your voice. It's been a while. I've heard yours relatively recently, so <laughs> I apologize in advance. I'm going to have to go back now and actually listen. So <laughs> please do. You do. You do. Yeah, Brad, what's catch us up? What's been going on for the past 25 years? Oh my God, <laughs> where do I start? Quick little summary, right? <laughs> uh, well, first off, I, I asked this with everybody. What was your average uh, at Diefenbaker? Oh. less, less than less than the other folks on here. I think it was. Right. I think it was in the seventies or eighties. Yeah, what? I think you were like like really high seventies or or low eighties. I think. Yeah, I, I went down to mid eighties. No, but I I think uh, yeah, math dragged me down a bit there. I think. Which math was it? Thirty one. I think it was thirty one. Oh. I am thirty one. Oh, dragged me down too. Was up there. Like, didn't you think Math 24 was the thing that taught us how to do taxes? And that was the, the applicable stuff, wasn't it? Did it? That would have been useful, yeah. Yeah, and mortgages, too, was Math 24, I think. Yeah. Should have all taken that. We should have all taken that, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, Brad, what's uh, what's been happening with you? Well, I'm still I'm still here in Calgary. You know, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's been boring, but it's been a, uh, well, uneventful, maybe. It's, it's been good. What did you do uh, right after Diefenbaker? Uh, did you go to university? Oh, I went right, yeah, I went right into university. What did you study? I was uh, engineering. For four yeah. straight years, or did you do five? Or... Oh, you know what? No, no, it was <clears throat> six years. That's good. Yeah, you know, it took me a little bit longer. You did the bit... co-op. Oh, I did, did the co-op, co-op thing. Program. Yeah, yeah, I did the yeah, co-op. That adds on, my, uh, that adds on my first... six months anyway. Yeah, my first year didn't go well, though. Oh, I it didn't? over to psychology. Oh, yeah. 
You were going to change. Really? First year engineering was awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, isn't it? They used to make you look at people beside you and say, "Oh, these people are not going to be here at the end of the year." That's right. Yeah. 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 I, I was almost one of those, but wow. anyway, so somehow I got through there. But uh, yeah, I did that, and then I've been working at the same place for twenty years. And so where's that? It's an yeah, engineering company here called Floor. My sister works there now too. Okay. Yeah. Whereabouts in Calgary is it? Is it uh, downtown or north? Or uh, north? Deep, deep, deep south end. Deep south end. Yeah. So your commute is what? Deep south. I guess they're stuck so beyond it. Yeah, I moved. I moved south to be close to the office here. Okay. Like a ten-minute drive. It's awesome. Can you imagine if you're still living up north? It'd be like driving to Red Deer to go to work. Well, that's it. I, I did that for about six months before got the house down here, and it was yeah. We were drove Deerfoot every day for forty-five minutes each way, and it was it was. Uh, not fun. So we joke that you need a, a passport and a snack to drive <laughs> from uh, from deep down to uh, down to Brad and Heather's. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We, we still tell everybody to make sure they go to the bathroom before they leave the house here. So <laughs> That's good advice. Brad, would you do Diefenbaker differently? Like, would you do it any differently than uh, looking back at your years? Oh, would I do any the way we the way we did it. That's kind of how you did. We it. are who we are because of how we did it. Yeah, that's so, cool. So, oh, okay. But, there's the answer. There's the answer. Thanks, Brad, <laughs> for answering up my question. Yeah, I want to know what did Jen and what did Jen and Vanessa say about would they do it differently? You would have to listen to the um, podcast, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been Sorry. sitting here for an hour waiting for you guys, so now I have to go back and find out what y'all said. Exactly. <laughs> It's like because yeah. <laughs> we're we're so used to rewinding stuff now. Like if you're on Netflix mm-hmm. or you're listening to on-demand stuff, but uh, this is the good old-fashioned way of just remember back in the day when we actually had to sit down and watch our show or pre-record it through a VCR. Let's see, uh, with the podcast. <laughs> and on the holiday when the uh, when the VCR was set, it taped you know an hour of a movie or some like. Hello, hello, journalism, religious review, or something. That's exactly it. Paid program. I did not check for this. I did not, yeah. <laughs> oh, did you guys like your time at Diefenbaker? Oh, I did. Brad? Um, yeah, no, I, I think. Anybody? I really did. When, when you look back at it, I mean, and I guess it was just, I don't know, my, my experience there, I didn't really have any any problems with, you know, the, the other the other folks, right? It was it was a good time. Yeah. You know, Hell of a lot better than junior high. Yeah. 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 It was definitely better than junior high. It wasn't like it wasn't the best time of my life, but it was good. It was, I don't have any complaints, you know? Vanessa? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think I'd go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I had some trouble with some folks, but it was, you know, because I started out in the regular program and then moved over to the, to the pet program and. No, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's call out those folks. Who are those uh, folks? Let's beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> We've all grown, I think, since then, though. Okay. You know, yeah. I think every single one of us has. Yeah. yeah. Um, me, you know, I, I really think I, I did grow quite a bit um, at Decent Baker. Uh, I think that certainly continued through university and, and, and all of that. But, uh, you know, thinking about how I came out of high. And then how I went into high school, yeah. you know, I think I, I think I got a bit more confident 
um, not, not, I mean, still, I'm still super shy and everything like that, but I mean, Hey, I, I, you know, I did students council and I and got up in front of people and talked and I never would have done that in junior high. Vanessa, you talked at our uh, 20th reunion too. Didn't you? Uh, yeah, but I, I'm much more used to that now, you know, like yeah. I, I took, um, I, I did a communication studies degree and part of that is public speaking and I got, you know, really good at it. And, and, uh, and also, you know, now I'm an instructor. I'm used to getting up in front of a class of people and, and you know, explain concepts and that kind of stuff to them. So it's I'm I'm practiced at it now, mm. right? It's a skill for me now. Yeah. But it, it hey, started. Do you remember? Do you remember the uh, the model parliament that we oh, had? Oh, oh, please, let's talk oh. about this. Oh. And what country did you represent? Because I think I represented, I think I represented Iraq, and I was oh, I dressed up as Saddam I, I, Hussein. I remember, there was this, I remember there was this whole election, and we decided to be the weird party. Yeah. Yeah. And we had those paper planes above our, yeah. And we had our the the little green paper planes above our table in the in the that little humanities common area there. I completely forgot about that. The globe. The globe. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Yeah, I remember getting passed a note from another member of Parliament saying, "Hey, I think you're cute." No, who was that? Nice. It, you know, I, it totally shook me. She she was a member of the government. Um, and in retrospect, <laughs> I think she was trying to buy my vote. Right. <laughs> Did it work? Did it yeah, work? I'll never know because I, like Vanessa, was super shy. Um, <laughs> and now I'm a little more like Rick because um, I'm still super shy. Still super shy. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Oh, man. Model Parliament. And, and that was what, fun. And who was in PEP? So, Jim, you were in PEP? Jen, were you in PEP? Too? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Vanessa, yeah, you're in Pep. Were you all in Pep? Brad, you're in Pep too, right? Yep, yep. Was that good? Was well, Pep good for us or no? Education program. Yeah. I yes, I would say yes. Would. Yeah, it was good for um, me. I, yeah, I think. I mean, it certainly prepared us. I think it prepared us better for university than even an international baccalaureate would have, because what mm-hmm. it taught you how to do was be responsible for your own work. Right. And they not said, be a have, robot. Yeah. And they said, you have to come to class. Like, you know, you've got the six periods across the whole week. You have to come in one, four, and five. The other three are quote unquote spares, really, for you to do your work in. And that's what university's like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you were terrible like, at time management, oh, good luck in PEP, like myself. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But also, you know, as a perfectionist, I used to put things off. I used to procrastinate and put things off to the last minute. So my time management wasn't necessarily very good either. Wait, mm-hmm. did you guys have to study for exams? Because I always got the impression because you guys were all smart that you didn't have to study the night before and that it was just photo. I, you know what? I, it was really difficult for me to learn how to study when I hit university because that's exactly right. You know, for me, my brain is so bloody big and academically inclined that I didn't have to study. So when I actually you can have your brain in your hair, I don't. <laughs> yes, okay. It's longer now. <laughs> well, it means you have more brain. <laughs> anyway, but but yeah, like like the, the coming into university and realizing, oh my god, I actually have to study. That was it was harder to learn to do it then. Definitely mm-hmm. for me. So yeah, I I studied okay. definitely. I had to. Jim, I, I didn't have to so much. Yeah. Um, but then I remember in university, um, Brad, we talk about my older brother being a, 
I was a perfectionist with, like, you know, super smart. Um, I remember in university, he sent me an email, and I remember reading it on, like, the monochrome monitors, and it says, <laughs> it says, um, you know, either get on with it and do it, or sit in your pajamas all day watching cartoons. You know, make a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Vanessa, it was really hard to learn how to study. Mm-hmm. How about you, Brad? Yeah, well, I, I studied in in high school. I still had to do that, but it was certainly a heck of a lot easier than university. And then, and that was my problem in the first year there. I kind of thought I could go through and do the same thing that I did in grade 12, and it didn't work mm-hmm. out that well. Was so. high school too easy for you guys? No. 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 Uh, no. I, I wonder if it's harder now than it was for us, or is it the same? Because well, I, you, the three of you have kids. I mean, I don't think any of them are in high school, but but you could probably um, comment more than I could on that. I'm worried about trying. Well, I'm trying. I'm, I'm worried about trying to teach them grade twelve math. Oh, good luck. <laughs> I don't remember it. Especially <laughs> bad thirty-one. I, I remember bits. I remember an O to a derivative, and I've got it somewhere on my hard drive. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. Actually, wrote poems about calculus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is the sum total of my calculus knowledge in one poem. Um, <laughs> the methodology of how they teach now makes is going. It makes education more difficult. Oh. Um, we were taught with we were taught drill and skill. Um, you know, you practice it until you perfect it. Yeah. Uh, your time table, your everything. It was all drill and skill, and then you can use it. And I don't necessarily see that in my son's, uh, what grade is he? Six. I didn't see that in his grade six work. And I'm really scared what his grade seven work is going to look oh, like. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what about the uh, other side of the planet there, Jen? Oh, I mean, the the British education system starts them off really young and really intensive. So they start at four, four and a half, and they're being taught reading in the first year. Uh, My daughter knows more parts of speech than I do already, and she's seven. Um, Last year, she was explaining to my dad what a split diagraph is. My dad's a bit of a grammar geek. He likes language and stuff. Split diagraph, which... I can't even explain it, you know, but, but she had it. She was six. She's like, oh yeah. And it goes like this. And this is when this sound does this. And I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? So yeah, I mean, the system here is really intensive, kind of heavy academic skilling. I just really worry that they're going to burn out. You know, they, they get it so young and so intensively. Brad, what about you? Your kids are uh, at a charter school? They're, yeah, they're in a the charter school. So it's a little bit different. Same mm-hmm. curriculum that the other schools in Alberta teach. They just do it differently. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's more the traditional way that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. It's um, you know, they're, they're still doing long division the way I remember doing long division, and it's not what the heck do they call it? This discovery learning or something that the yeah. buzz mm-hmm. phrase is, which is yeah kind of garbage, I think. But um, so they're, they're so like we were being caught. Yeah, yeah, they are. Do they have to I remember anyway? Are they wearing uniforms too, or no? Or is it? Yeah, yeah, okay. they wear uniforms. Wouldn't that be cool if Diefenbaker had uniforms? <laughs> no. No? Actually. They're just hard to keep clean. Kids over here wear uniforms, so 
they're also expensive. You know, I've just had to buy a whole bunch of uniforms for because my son is starting as well in September and like 200 pounds just and I've, I've only got about half of them already. Oh, they're so. different uniforms or not just one uniform? There's basically one uniform, but you have to have enough versions of it, especially with COVID, because you're supposed to wash it every day. Oh, jeez. You're supposed to have a different uniform every day. So it's like you have to have a lot of them in stock. And, you know, four and seven-year-olds spill a lot of stuff. They do, yeah. Yeah. And they keep on growing, too. So half a year of the year, you have to buy oh, new, yeah. new pieces. Yeah, and then they need new, new shoes. And you've just bought them six months ago. And it's like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Are they growing up bigger than... What we were, because I can't even tell now how old a kid is at this point. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, I can't tell either. Because on on my side, we have some moderately tall jeans. On my ex wife's side, they've got some permanently short jeans. Mm. Um, so I have, I honestly have no idea how how big Keegan's going to be when he's fully grown. Yeah. And, and so how did you uh, how did you guys keep in touch with each other after high school? Was it just oh it's just a typical Facebook answer or is it the did you guys call each other write letters <laughs> pen pal or like how did you guys keep in touch? Well there was definitely email. Yeah. Um you know Brad and and Jim and I uh hung out together in university. Um and uh Yeah, we and, excluded Jen. Jen was in Ontario. I, I excluded myself for a while there, um, but I started keeping in better touch after I moved over here. Actually, um, mm-hmm. Vanessa came to Vanessa's been to see me twice. Uh, Brad and his wife um, drove around Ireland with them when I was living in Dublin. Wow! Yeah, so that was great fun. Brad was very brave because he got off an airplane and started driving on the the other side of the road, basically. <laughs> Brad, how did awesome. you learn that right away? Or did you just do it? You just do it. <laughs> you find out really quick when you're going the wrong way. Please, oh, that's great. Please so tell me you didn't have to parallel. Uh, did you parallel park too, Brad? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And of course, you know, the, steering, the steering wheel will go on the wrong side and roundabouts are everywhere. Yeah. So it's, you know, get off the airplane at 7 in the morning and then you're right into it. Jet lag. Yeah. It's probably better that I did it jet lagged. <laughs> Maybe. And there were no street signs because in Ireland, they tell you with landmarks, not street signs. Oh, wow. So you don't know where you're going. Yeah. Uh, Brad, we need a song from you, my friend, um, on the Spotify uh, list. Yeah. No, no. He said, he's not on the spot. He said he already had his. Well, I had a few different ones. I was afraid I was going to steal it. Yeah. Well, I, I, had one that for, I had one from Hootie, but then I saw you already had Hootie and the Blowfish on your song list. You can have a different song from Hootie if you want. I, I had another question though for you. Does it have to be from from '95, or is it uh, just something that I remember from back then? <laughs> Jim, <laughs> Jim broke that rule, so basically he picked "Ordinary Day" from Great Big C. But it does. But it totally '93 to '95. Yeah. Oh yeah. Any, uh, I, I '97 actually. Yeah. Anything that just takes you back that just immediately makes you think about Diefenbaker. It could be. I don't. I don't know if it could okay. be a song from. Well, I'm gonna go. It's a couple. Of, oh, I think it's a couple of years older than that. Okay. Brian Adams. And it's everything I do. Oh, nice. Good one. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to sing it for us, Brad? Or? <laughs> Look into my 
waking up, but it might be my allergies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good song, though. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to bring up here? Because I, I know that Jen, well, the time difference. This is amazing how the time zones that we're in. I know, coordinating all these time zones, it's, it's pretty incredible, isn't I'm it? Because I'm at Eastern Standard Time, um, and then we got Brad's in uh, Mountain Standard, and then Jim, you're in Mountain Standard too. Yeah, I am, yeah. yeah. And then we got Vanessa, who's at Pacific Standard, and then you're... I'm on uh, British Summertime, yeah. Yeah, is it British Summertime, is that what it's called, or yeah, yeah, that's, what it's called. that's what this time of year is called, Greenwich Mean Time's the main one, yeah. yeah. Like, that, that's amazing how we cross so many time zones with this one call. Yeah, yeah, it is. I... I... I think before we go, we should have Brad tell us all about his cabin in the woods. Can you have oh, yeah. a cabin in the woods, hey, Brad? Yeah, yeah, we have a cabin in the woods out in northern BC. It's sort of our doomsday spot. You have a doomsday, <laughs> is, it, is it an actual doomsday spot, or is it something that you built or you just bought or what? Yeah, well, well no, yeah, we bought a place, uh, well, just a patch of trees probably 15 years ago or so. We did a trip up in the Yukon and Northwest Territories one year and kind of fell in love with, with Northern BC. So we ended up getting getting a little spot out there. And then a couple of years back, we started to build a little cabin up there. So that's what we've been up to. I bet you driving there is a lot faster than you driving to work in Calgary. <laughs> it, North- is. it is. 16 hours. A lot of people did not say like Northern BC is a destination, but... I like the Northwest Territories and the Yukon must be. I love the Northwest Territories and I love the North. Uh, what is it like? Yeah. What drew, what drew you to Northern British Columbia for this cabin? I think it was uh, well. It is. It's the it's the trees and the mountains, and it's like it's in it's an inland rainforest up there, really. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a beautiful wow. spot. Wow. Middle of nowhere. How often do you go there? Um, uh, maybe three times a year, I guess. Yeah. Try to get up there for a week or so at a time if we can, but but yeah, it'll be a retirement place eventually, and then and then yeah, it's a nice little high, nice little hideaway. Yeah, uh, the last picture that I saw on Facebook, you're putting in a an observatory. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, an observatory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so well, my my wife's really into astronomy, so. Um, it's really the you know, main floor with a loft, and then we have um, off of the loft, we have an extra little, uh, like an attic almost, with an like attic ladder that drops down. You can crawl up there, and then we have an observatory, like looks like basically a pimple on top of the house. <laughs> you can open it up and slide it and look around and whatnot. And that's where SpaceX is going to launch right. too. So you know. <laughs> hey, Brad. I've known your wife longer than you have. Yeah, I guess you have. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Almost as long as you have, I guess, because we all met. We all would have met at the same time. Yeah, probably because you and Vanessa may have been. You were, you were, you were friends, nope, I think, nope. before. Uh, Vanessa and I were. Um, <laughs> yeah. I from grade. I think I was in grade eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, so if anybody's listening to this and they want to visit um, Europe, then Jen, you can... Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to give tips and advice on coming over. Anybody wants to get in touch. Okay. And then Facebook it, me and, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if anybody wants to know about Powell River, NASA, you'll be the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, we're hoping to have our sailboat up and running by next year. We have a sailboat, so. too. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So hopefully. And, and yeah, Randy and I are getting married in September. 
Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. So that will be really fun. And, uh, and yeah. So, yeah, it's just building a life in here. I love Powell River. Anybody wants to know anything about it, just look me up. Are you actually getting married on a pier, or were you guys we're getting married? Actually, yeah, we're actually getting married on the pier. I've timed it so there's no ferries coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to push them off? I'm not going to push him off, no. <laughs> you got to make the plunge. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're making no, the plunge. Like, ah, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. No. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be really good. And it's, I mean, it's a COVID wedding, you know. If we all get locked down again, I'm, I'm, it was already a small, a very, very small guest list. If I have to, I'll cut it down to just people locals, not even my family. And See, you can we'll use that, that as an excuse, Vanessa, if you don't want anybody coming up to your wedding. He's like, oh, it's COVID. I'm sorry. Yeah, I couldn't make there it. There you go, man. <laughs> yeah. You do the Zoom well, you know, right? well, we, we will stream yeah. it, right? Well, we're going to stream it anyway. But uh, but definitely, um, you know, once COVID is all over and or however the end of COVID looks, then we're going to, well, then we'll have the big party. It'll be for, you know, second, third anniversary. Oh, that's awesome stuff. So. Yeah, that'll be fun. Thanks, you guys. This has been amazing. This has been fantastic. Well, thank you, Definitely Rick. This welcome, is, Rick. Yeah. yeah, this has been... I've, I've really enjoyed the podcast, and, and yeah, I listen to it every Saturday night. Oh, thanks. Oh, now i got to go back, but this has, been, this has been a lot of fun, Rick. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank yeah. you. I guess, Jen, good night. Um, the rest of you, good afternoon or good evening. I have no clue. I don't know. <laughs> morning, Jen. <laughs> See ya. Bye, everybody. Right. Have a good night. Bye. And remember to keep true to the dreams of youth. Have a good Bye. night, all. Bye. Bye.